the 25th day of December, when ages beyond number had run their course from the creation of the world, when God in the beginning created heaven and earth and formed man in his own likeness, when century upon century had passed since the Almighty set his bow in the clouds after the great flood as a sign of covenant and peace, in the 21st century since Abraham our father in faith came out of the Ur of the Chaldees, in the 13th century since the people of Israel were led by Moses in the exodus from Egypt, around the thousandth year since David was anointed king, in the 65th week of the prophecy of Daniel, in the 194th Olympiad, in the year 752 since the foundation of the city of Rome, in the 42nd year of the reign of Caesar Octavian Augustus, the whole world being at peace. Jesus Christ, eternal God and Son of the Eternal Father, desiring to consecrate the world by his most loving presence, was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and when nine months had passed since his conception, was born of the Virgin Mary in Bethlehem of Judah, and was made man. The Nativity of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to the flesh. Advent is by far my favorite liturgical season. And the transition out of Advent into the Christmas season with the Masses of this night, in particular this, the Midnight Mass, is just about perfect in my mind. All of the Advent waiting and preparation just seems right in the time of year when there are not as many daylight hours, when it is colder and you just want to stay inside or gather near a fire, and so much of this time of year is oriented toward things that really matter, like real relationships with people, friends, loved ones, family time. Yes, certainly the season has its challenges, and you have to be disciplined so that the pace of parties and shopping does not eclipse the tenor of quiet, still, prayerful preparation for the grace of Christmas. But even admitting that challenge, this time of year is filled with wonder and hope in a way no other time of year is. The church has long been captivated by the mysteries of this time of year. And you get a very clear indication of that in that this transition from Advent to Christmas has four different mass settings each with their own prayers and distinct scripture readings. There is the Mass of the Vigil, which we celebrated earlier this evening. There is the Mass at night, this one that we're at presently. There is the Mass at dawn, 
and the mass of Christmas Day intended for some time later after dawn. And this can cause some confusion if you're trying to follow along in a missal and wondering which readings are being used at the mass that you're attending. The church's reflection on the mystery of God made flesh is something I would say akin to a child, sort of unable to pick which readings and prayers are the best. And so we just choose a lot of them, trying to squeeze in all the rich references to the coming of the Messiah and the coming of God into the hours surrounding December 25th. In so doing, it's also like the church is sort of wringing out every last drop of the grace of this mystery, even while being aware and admitting that we can never actually exhaust the mystery of God and his desire for us and for our salvation. The darkness of this time of year facilitates slowing down. It's the very kind of message we get in nature around us, things slowing down and going into to hibernation, to sleep. It facilitates sleep, these days of darkness, and in turn that facilitates silence. Is it any wonder then that such an iconic hymn as Silent Night stands out in this season? Silence is the characteristic I want to emphasize for us this year. And I want to emphasize silence in the hope that we won't leave silence behind as we open up gifts and move away from Advent. For silence is at the heart of God coming near to us in the incarnation. Silence is creative and restorative. And it aids the type of reflection that is part of being human because it puts us in greater contact with our own innermost self. We avoid silence to our own detriment. Yes, it can be hard to foster this characteristic. Yes, the demands of family life require creativity to find time to be still. Yes, the commercial aspects of this time of year are more than willing to overtake the silence. All the same, it is no less our task to foster silence and stillness and wonder before God's presence and what he reveals to us about ourselves and his desire for us. In the theologically rich reflections of St. John the Apostle and Evangelist, he has written words about the Incarnation that ring throughout the centuries. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The prologue of St. John's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 14. The Word of God is a title for the Son, the second person of the Blessed Trinity. The Word of God is everything that the Father desires to speak to mankind. The Word is the Father's entire message of truth and salvation. How startling it is, then, 
that this word comes in the silent mystery of the virgin's womb, where he grows quietly over the course of nine months. How startling it is that this word becomes visible in the stillness of night, in the obscurity of a cave serving as a stable for speechless animals. The word of God, everything the Father desires to speak to mankind, comes as an infant. As the angel announced the birth to shepherds, he said, and this will be a sign for you. You will find an infant wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. The Latin word infans, from which we obviously get infant, refers to a child who is not yet capable of speech. How startling it is that the word of God, everything the Father desires to speak to us, comes as a speechless child, such that the infant is the sign of the arrival of the one who is both Messiah and God himself. I am in no way claiming that infants don't make any noise. But by and large, when they are newborns, you can find them wrapped up tightly in a blanket and quiet, sleeping long hours throughout the day. And just so appears God. Small, speechless, still, and placed in a manger where feeding takes place. This is the sign for us that God has come near. For this reason, that characteristic of silence is important for us to foster. The reflections of so many saints throughout the ages have remarked how much the sacred host on the altar or exposed in the monstrance for adoration, how much the sacred host is like this sign of the infant. Small, still, and silent. It is there that God becomes present to us in the Holy Eucharist. Though the altar is the place of sacrifice and most often considered as connected to the cross, in this season we might consider how the altar is also like the manger. Here the word of God becomes present and is placed there as food for souls prepared to receive him. Silence at Mass, silence in adoration in our chapel. These responses to God's presence, these extensions of our own silence keep us attentive to God 
and attentive to our spiritual needs, that daily noise is all too happy to drown out. As the presence of God made man was so wrapped in silence as a prelude to the word of God being heard and believed in, so silence is an important characteristic for us. Silence fosters our encounter with God who first came to us in silence. Silence helps us develop authentically human qualities for we are not, despite what secular life tells us, we are not mere machines made only to function and to do. Reflection is an authentically human quality. And silence sort of forces us to encounter even our authentic self and even those parts of our life that we might prefer to drown out with noise. Silence is the important prelude to make straight the pathway to the Lord. And fostering the ongoing habit of silence helps us encounter the Lord throughout our living so that we remain on the narrow path that leads to heaven. The sign that God the Word has come is the silent infant wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Fostering, allowing, and encountering silence permits our speech the greater hope of being worthy because we first encounter God and therefore have something worth saying. In turn, when we speak, we might we point to God and his eternal love for us. And so join the angels in giving speech and proclaiming glory to God in the highest.